Hello, and welcome back to the Grace Fueled Wife podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas. And this week, I want you to remember one little tip. And don't underestimate the importance of body language. Ah! Oh my goodness, does anybody remember that little clip? It is from one of my favorite movies of all time, The Little Mermaid. Uh, absolutely love that movie as a kid growing up. Apparently there's some controversy around the live action movie coming out. I don't really care about all that. I just know that I love this movie. And when I thought about this topic, that little clip of Ursula saying, don't underestimate the importance of body language came through my head. I couldn't get it out. I've always thought about that little clip every time I've thought about body language and tone and how important it is to the way that we communicate with anyone, especially the way that we communicate with our husbands. So let's jump right in and learn a little bit more about how we can use these to have better communications in our marriages. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might've contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the grace Field wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the Grace Field Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Okay, so the reason that I wanted to talk about body language and the importance of body language is because there's this old adage that about 90% of communication is nonverbal. And that's mostly true. Actually, body language researcher Albert Raven. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's the one who came up with the study. And what the study actually breaks down is that about 55% of communication is nonverbal, 38% of it is vocal, and 7% is words only. So why is that important? Well, it's important because it shows us that our communication is mostly not our words. Only 7% of it is the words alone that we say. But the 55% being nonverbal and the 38% being vocal is really important. That 38% being vocal, we're talking about the tone of voice, the way you say something. You could be given the same words and say it 10 different times and based on your inflection, the you know volume of your voice or the tone that you use, it could have 10 different meanings. But the 
really striking thing is that 55%, more than half of what we are saying is coming from body language, the nonverbal cues. That's body language. It's going to be the way we stand, everything to how we use our hands. And how does this relate to our marriages? It's mostly because, I don't know about you, but if you've ever gotten in a hated discussion with your husband, like I like to call him, uh, and he says something and he's just like, fine. Well, that definitely doesn't mean the same thing as if he were saying, oh, fine, or fine, or says it in a different tone of voice, or the stance that he takes. All of those things are really important. And that's why I wanted to jump in here. So we talk about how communication is broken down to the different percentages. But what makes that most important is that humans make a split-second decision whether or not to trust someone that they're not even aware that they're making. And different parts of the brain are activated when this decision is made. And that comes from There's a whole lot of neuroscience studies, but there's a book that I'm in the middle of reading called Conversational Intelligence, where it talks a lot about this, how as we're talking to people, people are deciding whether or not they are going to consider you a friend or an enemy, and they're not doing it consciously. It's all happening subconsciously, but based on that decision of whether they're considering you a friend or an enemy, the different parts of the brain are lighting up, meaning they're either going to be open to your suggestions and what you have to say, or they're going to be closed down defensive. We're starting to see, oh, okay, this really does make a lot of sense as we're having productive conversations in our marriage. Now, here's the other thing. As they're making the split second decision of whether or not to trust a person, part of that decision making process has to do with whether or not the body language is congruent to the words that are being said. So if you are saying one thing, but your body language, maybe your arms are crossed and you're turned aside and, you know, you have a scour on your face, but you're saying, I love you. And to top it off, then your tone is coming out like, I love you. That does not send the message that your words and your body language are congruent, that they meet, that they are the same. So what happens to the other person who's listening? Well, then the other person, without realizing, decides, well, clearly you don't mean it. Have you ever had the experience of feeling like you don't know what it is about a person, but you just don't trust them? Or you don't know what it is about a person They're saying the things you want to hear, but you're not really sure why. You just have this gut feeling that you don't believe them. A lot of those things are coming from their body language. They might be giving you certain nonverbal cues that they don't even realize that they're giving you. Or when you look at somebody and you know that they're lying and they're saying, what are you talking about? Of course I loaded the dishwasher. I have no idea. I'm just coming up with some random thing or what are you talking about? I wasn't the last person who did blah, 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 right? And they're totally lying. And you're looking at them going, I know you're lying. Why would you just lie to me? Part of why you're picking up on that is because they're giving you nonverbal cues. So if we consider that with communication, 55% of it is nonverbal, it means that if you can't read body language, you're missing half the conversation, which 
is a whole other aside, right? When we think about back in the day when I was a kid before we had FaceTime and video calls and video this and video that, everything was done over the phone and you were able to only pick up on part of the conversation. You would listen to the words and you would listen to the person's tone of voice. Much like in this podcast, if it was a YouTube video, it would be a little bit different. You would be able to see even more about my body language. Right now I'm talking with my hands and you would be able to see that in the YouTube video, which aside a couple of people have been like, you should have a YouTube channel maybe one day, but right now we're sticking to the podcast. Um, But you see the importance of why tough conversations are best to be had in person. When I was a retail buyer, we had a general rule that we were never to have tough negotiations, certainly over email. That was always supposed to be at a minimum over the phone. And if we needed to, that would happen in person. And in fact, there is another study that says when it comes to negotiation, Most of negotiations that are done over the phone, basically the person who has the stronger argument is more likely to win. But in negotiations done in person, it has more to do with body language and and sincerity of speech. So they might not have the strongest argument, but things about their persona and how they're speaking, their body language, how they're coming across would help them in the negotiation, which was why As a retail buyer, if I went in knowing that I was negotiating from a point of weakness rather than a point of strength, meaning uh, just on a numbers basis, I wasn't going to win this conversation, I would always go in person and I would usually bring some cookies or something or chocolate or something for the person that I was negotiating with. And I would really work to build a rapport so that by the time we leave the conversation, that person felt connected to me. They felt that they understood me. And even though I may have won the negotiation when the numbers were not in my favor, those sorts of things helped me. So all this to say, this is why body language is so important. Now, when it comes to body language, we can have two types. We can either have engaged body language. That's going to be the body language that signals to people that they can trust you or disengaged body language. And we're going to talk about some of the differences there. First, we'll talk about the disengaged body language because I want to spend a little bit more time on the engaged side. So disengaged body language, this is when uh, maybe your arms or your legs are crossed. You're not making any eye contact or you're turned away from the person that you're speaking to, kind of giving them a cold shoulder. Can you imagine now you're trying to have a tough conversation with your husband and this is the body language that you're giving him? Or probably more important in your case, maybe you're trying to have a tough conversation with him and this is the body language that you're getting from him. And that can be really tough. I have definitely been there. Let me tell you, one of the things that helps me in conversations is to point out When the person's words, let's say my husband, when his words don't necessarily meet his body language. So we talked about that incongruency. So when it's not congruent, I've pointed it out. And that has helped a lot of times. If I say, hey, is everything okay? And he's like, you know, that, yeah, I'm fine. And then, you know, just with the arms crossed, won't look me in the eye, the way he's moving his hands and his body. I could just tell that something is not okay. 
And it wasn't until I started to point out that his body is telling me something different than his words that he would catch himself because a lot of times we don't even realize we're doing it a lot of times we might be in a bad mood we're cranky we're hangry you know we're got a lot on our mind from work and we are putting that out to our family our family is seeing that even though our words may not be showing that and a couple of times my kids will say hey mom is everything okay you know, or I'll say to my husband, hey, babe, are you all right? And um, and when when he gets upset with me and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. What? What are you bothering? Why are you asking me? I'll point out and like, well, you know, your body language is telling me otherwise. You haven't looked me in the eye. Your arms are crossed. You've got a pillow fort in between you and I on the bed while you're watching sports. That's so strange. Like, is everything okay? By the way, I don't do that in front of the kids because if I do, they're putting the other person on the defensive. So I have asked him before, hey, you're right in front of the kids. And then he gets upset with me because it's kind of like I'm calling him out in front of them. So sometimes I will do it, but I'll only do it if he's really acting out with the children where he's like, you really just need to slow your roll. They're, you're just being mean to them right now or something. In those cases, I might say something uh, in front of them, but more often than not, I'll pull him aside and I'll say, hey, I can tell you're upset. I can tell you're hangry or I can tell whatever. Let me handle this. You go take a break. Because we don't ever want to make our husbands feel trapped or attacked or anything like that, especially in front of the kids. Sometimes when we're angry and we talk to him, that might come out. But in order to keep happy, healthy communication, we are really going to try to avoid some of that. So that's this disengaged body language. Body language that we can call out, that we can see, does not match the positive words, right? If he's giving us negative words, if he's upset about something and, and he's using this engaged body language, that makes sense that we can trust that his words are true, like that that is how he truly feels, because that's that's what he's showing us also with his uh, tone of voice and his body. Now to engaged body language, this is going to be the positive body language that we are going to want to use or look out for uh, if our husband is using it. And that's a smile, kind of just leaning in making eye contact with us, adjusting your posture, nodding your head, uh, showing really that you're listening. Another important thing is adjusting your attitude. So check your heart. I talk a lot about this in the Gracefield marriage uh, method, making sure that what is in your heart is matching what comes out. Usually does because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, but making sure that everything is aligned, right? So checking really how you feel about the situation. Sometimes you might feel unconsciously about something and not even realize it. So it's adjusting that attitude to make sure maybe we're coming from an attitude of the opposite of humility. Maybe we're coming in with an attitude of pride or we're coming in with an attitude of entitlement or something like that, that doesn't help to move the conversation forward. Another is your posture, just like animals in the wild, right? If they feel threatened, they might 
puff themselves up, make themselves look bigger. I think of the dinosaur on Jurassic Park that it's like small, but then it, it will fan out this frill around its head before it spits out poison, but it will fan out this frill to make themselves look aggressive to tell people back off. And sometimes we will do that with our own posture. You know, we'll stand up straight. We'll puff out our chest a little bit. You know, if you're getting in somebody's face, you're not going to get in somebody's face in a real meek and quiet posture. So it's adjusting your posture to understand how am I approaching this conversation? I have certainly been known to approach a conversation being all puffed up. One other one I have here is watch your hands. Using hand gestures are really important. I talk with my hands a lot and I also get very animated. That's just naturally the way I communicate. So you can tell that I'm hot, like that I'm coming in not happy based on my posture my like i'm little five foot short person and i'll like not consciously but i will find myself unconsciously doing that like puffing up my chest and raising my hands but i will start talking with my hands but my hands all of a sudden will be closer up near my face above my shoulders and I'll kind of start talking with my hands and and I'll I'll be getting really animated and I think that comes from a natural place of defense right and my hands are way up here and almost like in a defense or almost to say hey back off you know back off as we talk sometimes my finger will start wagging that isn't helpful either those are all things that we want to watch out for because when we do that, we're using that disengaged body contact. So certainly, if your husband starts talking like that, and your husband's talking to you in a way of he's puffed out, he's using his hands, he's using this loud or or um, threatening tone of voice, or ha- comes in with an attitude of pride, those are things that, even without his words, just his body in general, are going to make you back up. It's going to make you say, whoa, wait a minute, not okay because you're not supposed to make me feel unsafe. And I think about this all the time. It's like, if our husbands did it, we would flip out. Yet as women, we're really quick to do the opposite. So we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're going to treat our husband and give him the same sort of treatment and respect that we would expect in return. So I hope this little lesson in body language and how important it is and how our body language impacts our communication. I hope this helped you to understand a little bit of communication 101 here, how when our body language doesn't match our communication, our communication will fall flat. Now remember that's the importance of it, the reason why, and most importantly, what are some of the ways that we can have positive body language. I gave you six different ways that you can employ or utilize positive body language. We're going to lean in. We're going to smile. We're going to watch our hands, make eye contact, adjust our attitude, and adjust your posture. I hope that was helpful, guys. And until next week, love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, love. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.